Hello and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. Okay, Brian, so we're on to episode 6 of season 2, Ascension, the second part of Dwayne Barry. So, in the X-Files lore, is this a, a prominent episode or not so much? I, I think it is, uh, but just by virtue of what happens in it, some pretty huge events happen, uh, stuff that is going to kind of affect the direction of the show and what happens in the future, events that we're mm-hmm. always going to keep coming back to. And... I, 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 I remember. I think you have to take this as well, not not as a singular episode, but definitely as the second part of a, a bigger story. And when season two first arrived on on our television screens, X Files was kind of it was doing really well by that point. You know, like a lot of people had come back after season one. It kind of garnered a big following. And Fox started to realise that they were actually onto a pretty hot property. And mm. as such, they they released these two-parters. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a couple of two-parters here, and then we, we end the season on a cliffhanger as well. And they they released these as feature-length movies, straight-to-video straight, straight to video feature-length movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like with, with all the, the opening credits and stuff kind of cut out of the second episode, so it just kind of seamlessly went into the next episode and and they do work as movies um you know and i think that's kind of the way you got to treat it as it stands you know I, I i think for me the the events the the way you would describe what happens in this episode are possibly bigger than the way in which it's pulled off um uh-huh. but we'll we'll get into that so yeah. So just just as a quick recap, can you remember what you gave Dwayne Barry? I believe I gave it a four point five out of five. Yeah, and I, th- I think I was a four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's say let's take it away, Brian. Lead us into this episode. Okay, Dave. So we start off the episode, and Mulder gets home, and he he switches his answering machine on and gets the voicemail from Scully. Obviously, from the last episode, we we ended that episode with a cliffhanger that Dwayne Barry had turned up to her house, and we mm-hmm. just we just heard him breaking in and attacking her, basically. So yeah, so mm-hmm. Mulder pretty much as fast as lightning scarpers over to Scully's house to find basically the police on the scene and just you know dusting for prints, this that and the other. And yeah, broken window, and 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 he sees in his mind because I and I th- I think we see that profiler element of Mulder as well coming into this. He sees the stuff in his mind, so we heard it before. This time we see it the way Mulder is profiling it, and and Dwayne Barry, yeah, he he takes Scully. Hmm. Um, I thought this was a a fantastic opening sequence. I really did, and it just threw me right into the episode uh, really hard because. I loved the fact that you get this visual representation of Fox kind of doing his profiler thing. You know, you hear about the conversation, you hear the background, and he it's almost as if he's envisaging what happens. Yeah. 
you know, it's just it's really nicely set up. There's some fantastically tense music going along with this scene as well. It's really moodily shot. I just I like everything about it. Um, the whole Mulder just profiling the scene, and then as he gets through the end of it, working out in his mind's eye, you get Scully's mum appearing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you get that nice little sort of like emotional twinge that you're going to get throughout the episode type of with Mulder yeah. on this one. Um, I, I think it's one of the better openings I've seen of the X-Files episodes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it, it definitely adds to the tension that was created at the end of the last episode. Mm. You know, mm. like it was mo- mostly kind of audio uh, in, yeah. in the last episode and, and now to see it, I mean, you, you kind of, you have like a protective kind of feeling towards Scully anyway. Uh, because yeah. of what we heard last episode. So to see it, you're kind of like, you're really rooting for her, and you're particularly rooting for Mulder to get there and save her. And, uh, yeah, so, like, Sheila Larkin, who plays Scully's mum, I-, I think she's really great casting for, for Scully's mum, but you can you can tell right off the bat she's nothing like Scully. The, the two of them are, are, are very... Yeah, very different characters, I think. She she seems like mm. someone who would be much more into kind of, yeah, Mulder's way of thinking. You know, she she says as much. She could, she she has this little conversation with Mulder in which she says she had a dream before mm. this happened. She had a dream about Scully being taken. Um, and and she never, we, we never get that dream described as well, mm. which which is quite quite funny, I think. We, we, she just simply says she had a dream in which she was taken. Um, so that just kind of leaves that to your imagination. But the, the point is, <laughs> she she almost has this sixth sense thing going on, and and it kind of it puts her in tune with Mulder right off the bat. Like the two of them have this thing in common that yeah, they're they're open minded in that sense. See, I took that. I, I had did a note about that conversation as well. We like she had a dream, and I attributed that very much to Beyond the Sea. When Scully has the dream about her father mm, yes. sitting there talking yeah. to her, you know that that kind of streak that that maybe they are kind of attuned to certain things. Molly uh, Scully's mum is just a little bit more uh, open minded to it. Mm. Yeah, because like yeah. in Beyond the Sea, when Scully had the dream about her dad, yeah, she, she kind of she didn't want to face it, and it was only mm. by being confronted with uh, Luther Lee Boggs that sh- she was forced to face it. Um, whereas here, it's almost like Scully's mom is just, yeah, I had the dream, and then this happened. And it's like, you know... Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like she, she yeah. wanted to call Scully, but she didn't. And it was only yeah. because of how she knew Scully would react that she didn't call her. Not not because she didn't believe, but because she knew Scully wouldn't believe. So, yeah. Yeah, Also, just in between those two scenes, we get the, the theme music in that, and just at the end, rather than trust no one, it says, deny everything. Yes, yeah, something that yeah, will which, crop up in this episode. Yeah, um, and then it made me think: Has this been happening a lot? Have I been missing these messages? <laughs> you know? but, uh, this is the first time it happened, yeah. Uh, no, I think Earl of My Flask had trust no one. Um, right. So you, you know, usually the truth is out there. I think that mm-hmm. I, I mean I could be wrong on this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, Earl and Maya Flask had trust no one, and that was the first time they went with something different. And then, yeah, so it tends to happen during your big mythology arc episodes. They they mm. might it doesn't 
not all the time just every once in a blue moon they will kind of just throw something out there but yeah, yeah but it's, it's a kind of blink and miss it yeah yeah because you're so in tune with like you know the truth is out there that's what you expect mm-hmm. to see so you're not really looking and sometimes you, you will miss it because you're not looking mm-hmm. um yeah. but yeah anyway so we get past the the opening credits um and and we get the the, the scene with scully scully's mum and Mulder, and then we move from there to Skinner debriefing some higher ups with Mulder, Krychek, mm. and Cancer Man in the room. And yeah. <laughs> Mulder points out that they should be asking how Dwayne Barry even found Scully, because um, he believes it's the implant. And mm. basically, the looks on everyone's faces and and what they're all saying is essentially that Mulder. You're crazy. Shut up. Uh, Skinner tells Mulder to go home because he's too close to the case. So yeah, what what, yeah. what do you think about this? I, I think I think it is it's nice because you've got like Crychick, you've got Skinner, Smoking Man, and you've mm. got like some nice little glances. Yes, between a couple of the characters, particularly with Crychick to Cancer yeah. Man. Like whenever mm-hmm. whenever little things pop up, Crychick's kind of looking over to Cancer Man. It's, it's almost like he's trying to gauge what he thinks how he should act what should i do mm. in this situation to either bring Mulder down or help him up you know and it's just yeah there's this constant kind of underlying uh just just lying going on really just yeah, the, the, yeah this secrecy and this yeah dark conspiracy yeah. so yeah the devious nature and amongst the, these gentlemen here and then mm. i think you've got skinner who's um he, again he knows that, yeah, Mulder could be an asset in this case, but he's too close to it. He's too emotional about it. He needs to take a step back. Mm. Um, so again, you don't feel like Skinner's trying to force him out. He's just trying to like do what's best for the case. That's what I feel anyway. Again, I, I seem to be leaning on this. Skinner's like a, a guy that just wants the job done right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so, mm. yeah, that, that's about it. Yeah. So after that, we have Dwayne Barry driving rather erratically to uh, Nick Cave's right Red hand. Right Hand. Yeah, a song that yeah. I, I heard here first. Actually, um, you know, this this is Scream for me. Yeah, I mean, Scream obviously came a few years after this. Couple, well, a couple of years after this. Uh, but uh, yeah, what a wacky song, and it, it works really well with oh, this character. Tremendously well. Mm. So uh, you know, anytime you want to kind of point out that a character has something of a, to say the least, wacky psychosis. This is pretty much the go-to song, I think. Um, But, yeah, I mean, we we get him once again doing your favourite trick of referring to himself in the first person. (laughs) So (laughs) he's pulled over by the police for driving somewhat erratically, Mm -hmm. and um, he's like, please don't stop Dwayne Barry. Please, for yeah. your own sake, um, and then Scully. <laughs> Scully basically kills this police officer because she yes. uh, <laughs> she bangs on the boot of the car and it distracts him long enough for for Dwayne Barry to pull a gun on him and and shoot him and kill him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, and, and Dwayne Barry gets out of the car, lifts up the bonnet to uh, presumably give Scully a good telling off. Uh, yes. But, uh, yeah. See, this scene was weird. I actually felt sorry for Dwayne Barry. Mm-hmm. 
in this scene because he literally looks as if he can't help it. Mm-hmm. He's that compelled, he's that driven, he needs to get to a place he doesn't know where. He just has to get there. He doesn't even want to hurt people, he doesn't want yeah. to do what he's doing, he just he just is compelled. Um, and, and I really felt quite sorry for him in this moment. I thought it was a great uh, change of pace from the first one, but instantly, just in a short scene, I, I felt sorry for the guy. Yeah, and, and it's that that's the key really is that he does not want to hurt this this police officer. He you know he's he he's really trying to talk him down. Please just let me go. It's just that because of his psychosis, he doesn't do a very good job of talking him down. And there's a, there's a particular line which kind of cracked me up when he says uh, that, that he's got to be somewhere, and, and and this guy's like where where where, where? And, and he's like I don't know, but they'll tell me they'll tell me soon, like you know something like that. And it's just like yeah, you are three sheets to the wind, mate. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Uh, Thanks to Dwayne Barry lifting the bonnet of the car up, uh, or the boot of the car, I should say, um, Mulder manages to get an image from the cop car's camera. Enhance. Enhance. I knew it. Yeah, I knew. When this scene came on, I'm like, Graham's going to love this because this this is, yeah. We we should do a a video in which we collect all of these enhance moments together. Um, it would It'd probably be, so be the long. length of an episode, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those typical classic X Files moments in which they're able to do what mm-hmm. seems rather unlikely things with uh, standard definition cameras. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I mean, they truly are ahead of the curve on this one. I mean, that was a, an insanely good blow up. I've got um, mm. to say, to to enhance her face like that and get such a nice clear image but yeah you know whatever it moves the episode along um it does so yeah uh Mulder is from from after that he's listening to Dwayne Barry's conversation from the hostage situation because obviously that was all recorded yeah. by the the FBI they were all listening in and he keeps listening to the the clip uh in which Dwayne says amount you know he's he's, he's he feels like he's been called somewhere and all, it's kind of hazy, but it's like a mountain that went up, mm-hmm. up, ascending to the stars. Um, and at that point, Krychek walks in with a cup of coffee for Mulder, asks, asks him if he's sleeping or not. And Mulder makes the connection to Skyland Mountain. Um, cause he, yeah, he, what a pool. Yeah. What an absolute yeah. pill. I don't know how he managed this, but yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he really pulled it out of his ass. But, um, you know, one can assume it, it it would be like, I guess it would be the equivalent of me knowing Alton Towers, you know? Mm. Like, the, if you think about big theme parks near you, Alton Towers is probably the one that, you know, if if if... if if I if I saw an image of a castle or, or the, the slogan or something, I I probably would think you know yeah Alton Towers. That's about as much as I can give to that really. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. But did they really have to rip a page out of that yellow pages? <laughs> and that book's useless now. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they they go to blue. They, they want to head to Blue Ridge Parkway where this Skyland Mountain is. Uh, yeah. But check uh, it's kind of a bit, you know, shouldn't we kind of tell superiors? Um, but Mulder's like, no, get the car, let's get going. Don't tell anyone. 
so yeah, so after that, yeah, we do get a rather muahaha moment from Krychek yeah. as he's on the phone talking to someone down in the uh, car park, mm-hmm. just basically telling them that he'll he'll keep them informed and 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 await their instructions and things like that. Uh, so Mulder comes, the two of them get into the car, and they drive off, and you realise that Cancer Man takes an inordinately long amount of time to hang up the phone, even when somebody is already hung up on him. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. It, it was Cancer Man that, that Krychek was talking to, but I, I, I don't know if you caught that, because, like, Krychek hangs <sighs> up the phone, he gets yeah. into the car has a little convo with Mulder, they start the car, then drive off, and they drive past the car with Cancerman in, and Cancerman is then putting his phone down, which led me to believe that actually Krychek wasn't speaking to Cancerman at all. It just so happened that Cancerman was sat there having a conversation with someone else that finished moments after their conversation. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was more like... Um... Like my dad when he got his first mobile, like when somebody's hung up, he's still going hello, <laughs> hello, is this is this thing working? Hello, oh god, old man syndrome, yeah. excellent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so Mulder Mo- and yeah, Mo- driving the car. Yeah, they they uh, they're driving the car and talking, and they they they. Mulder nearly crashes the car due to dozing off. Uh, we, 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 I don't know why it is that in, in films and TV shows that whenever somebody's falling asleep at the car, the thing that is coming at them, it's never a motorbike or another car. It's always a truck. And it's always a truck that has that same noise that wakes them up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that 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 happens here, and uh, Krychek rather humorously gives some statistics about sleep deprivation, uh, and and he, he says it's Mulder comes out with a, one of his classic Mulderisms in which he said, "Did did, did they uh, tell you how many people fell asleep whilst listening to those statistics?" Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I really like this scene. And I liked it because it kind of offered um, a very thin, thinly veiled similarity between Dwayne Barry's obsession and Mulder's obsession. You know, both of these guys are driven to do fight against natural instincts like sleep to get to their goal. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Dwayne Barry driving to get to this mountain, he doesn't really, you've got Mulder driving to get to Scully. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was a, a terrifically put scene that. You know, I may not have noticed somehow I managed to pick this up, but I don't. And I just thought, great. Um, and then you have this uh, like mistrust of Krychek as well, mm-hmm. and you, you know Krychek's going to like try and um, derail this investigation a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And when he offers to drive, I had this thing that he was going to like maybe take Mulder the wrong way or kind mm-hmm. of delay. Yeah. Um, and and I like how actually that in this situation because it's Scully that is at stake. Mulder is literally not going to trust anyone. Mm-hmm. And and at this point so far, you feel like he kind of does trust Krychek a little bit. Not not implicitly like he does with, with Scully. But, mm-hmm. yeah, because, because of who it is they're going after, Mulder is not going to trust anyone. Yeah, so. but, but also in this one as well, it, it's as if he's channeling Scully. Mm. You know, like it doesn't jump to the fact that this could 
be aliens. He jumps to the fact that this guy could be psychotic and could be going to hurt Scully. He, he does, but he, he does. He say he also says that he believes the implant is the uh, the implant explanation um, is is the one that is the most likely possibility. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but also that there is the possibility someone gave Dwayne Barry Scully's address. Um, which which kind so, so you feel that he's almost playing both parts of the the duo now. He's both yeah. Scully and Mulder yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. one thing. Yeah. Um, because Scully can't be with him, he's kind of channeling her. I thought it was a nice touch. I, I thought this was like one of the best scenes in, in the movie for me. In the movie, in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Keep calling them movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's 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 a good scene for me. I, I'm not sure I got as much of it. As much out of it as you did, um, but but I did like it. You know, I I, I like seeing. Uh, I'll use the words you tend to like using the duplicitous. Dupl- yeah, I can't even say it. Duplicitous. That word. Duplicitous nature of Krychek, because um, because now that you know he's a double agent, it's always fun, kind of watching mm. what he's going to do and how he's going to say things, how he's going to worm yeah. his way into something or worm his way out of something. Um, so it is it, it is fun watching a scene like that and thinking, well, what's Krychek's angle? Where's he going? Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, so after that we get to Skyland Mountain, and the truck driver from EBE is now operating a cable car, and Mulder orders him to get them up to the top of the mountain. And uh, Mulder, when he when he gets on this uh, this cable car, cranks it way above fifteen, which is the speed limit that this guy said, <laughs> "Do not crank it above." Yeah. Um, um. I didn't. I didn't pick out. It was the same driver of the truck. I didn't notice that. <laughs> um, but I did love the fact that it's like don't go above fifteen. But yet somehow it's got a mechanism that allows it to go far above that. No, no, because it it, it normally would. Because um, he he explains ah. to him that it's just that the cable has just been refitted and it's not yet been tested, which is why he didn't want to let them on it. So no, right. normally that speed would be fine, but because the cable hasn't been tested, it's like look, don't. Don't go above fifteen, because because I shouldn't even. And, and I like how you see um, that Mulder it, like asks him, he almost threatens him by uncocking oh, his gun. Yeah, he, he just he just pulls his gun. Yeah, he he yeah. orders him basically. Um, but uh, so yeah, uh, Mulder's on his way up. As is Dwayne Barry, though he's in the car. Um, mm-hmm. Not quite sure how he's not managed to get there yet, given the head start they actually had on Mulder and Krychek, but. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Krychek pistol whips the cable car <laughs> operator. <laughs> uh, it kind of feels somewhat extreme, but yeah, he he. Like as soon as he does it, you're kind of like, how are you going to worm your way out of this one? Uh, but yeah, he he pistol whips the cable car operator and calls Cancer Man. Uh, presumably, it's Cancer Man. At any rate, we don't we don't see who it is he's talking to, but whoever it is he's talking to. He tells them that he's stalled Mulder and will hold him up there till you advise. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be Cancer Man, hasn't it, uh, basically? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What, but then, what... uh, but, uh, see, this scene was a bit of a, a weird one because, I mean, it's like, waits until it get, almost gets him to his destination then stops it. <laughs> um, where, you know, and then you get the scene where like, Mulder's climbing out of the, mm. the, the, the car and... He starts that again, and, yeah. and I'm and at this point I'm thinking, is 
Krychek trying to protect him here from doing something that could ultimately endanger his life by taking him to his destination? Does he have orders that say, watch him, don't mm. harm him? Yeah. Well, know, I, yeah, yeah. And and that's certainly something that may crop up much later down the line in the series. Um, right. The, uh, is... The, the the reason he's one of my favourite characters is because you never know where he's coming from. He he plays every angle, uh, and he's pretty much just a survivor. At the end of the day, he's a survivor, so you never mm. know if if you never know who his allegiance is really to, other than himself, I guess. But um, but yeah, I mean the, the way I read this scene because. Because that was a bit of a problem for me as I was watching it, is that Krychek's like, if you want to kill this guy or stop him, you're doing a pretty kind of piss-poor job of it, to be honest. Mm. Um, but I, I don't think he stops the cable car until so late because he's kind of hoping that Mulder is going to do the job for him by cranking it way above 15. You know, he knows there's a problem with this cable or maybe a problem with this cable. So he's kind of thinking, all right, let's let's see how Mulder plays it because he, 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 might, he might end up breaking down or, heaven forbid, falling off, um, which means he doesn't have to do anything. Uh, but uh, yeah. once, once he's getting to the top, he realises, actually, no, he, he needs stopping. So he stops him. And then Mulder gets out of the, the car yeah. and... Like if if I if I was quite checking that moment, I'd have just left him to his own devices because how he was going to get up. Yeah, it would have taken them a lot longer to get. Oh him, yeah, him, yeah, just, absolutely. But but I think Krychek's thinking in that. Um, obviously, he's he's a bit kind of um, probably a bit stressed out in this situation as well. He's he's, he's you know he doesn't know what what he should do for the best, but. Um, I, I, I think he's trying to knock Mulder off, and he, he almost does. He almost knocks Mulder off the cable car, um, and, and I think when he's, when Mulder's hanging on, he's probably hoping he's going to fall off. But yeah, it, it does it does seem like a little bit of a half-assed way of trying to take Mulder out, and he, he almost kind of helps Mulder more than he hinders him. So uh, yeah, not not Krychek's finest moment of villainy, it must be said. No. Um, <laughs> okay, so Mulder finds Dwayne Barry's car and Scully's cross. Scully's cross that she wears around the neck is in the boot. Yes. And uh, he sees a bright light coming over the hill and then what looks like at first a ufo and then a helicopter but then yeah. it moves like a ufo so it's like you don't quite know which of the two this is um but it it flies away and then we hear this really maniacal laugh from Dwayne Barry it, it's like it, it's it's creepy almost it's almost a joker kind of laugh um mm. and uh Either that or a Scooby Doo villain, but uh, he, he, yeah. So, so Mulder runs over the hill, finds Dwayne, Dwayne Barry there laughing and kind of arms raised, cheering. He's re really happy that they've took Scully and not him. And <laughs> and and then that's when some more lights show up, and yeah. Dwayne Barry starts freaking out, thinking, "Oh, actually, they want him as well." Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah, again, another terrific performance. Uh, doing Barry, the, the guy is just like, feels as if he's finally free of this terror, mm. and he, I like the fact that he's got that sort of half facial burn. Yeah. Um, 
from the, the, the UFO and things like that. It's just nice little touches that you don't see any aliens of that in this episode. You just get little hints that they've been there. Um, I, I liked all these little touches, and again, I think I think I think I preferred Dwayne Barry in this episode than I did in the last one. Right. Um, I, I thought it just it's small touches. I think it's just small doses. See, to me, too, I, I always felt that those touches were there in Dwayne Barry. Um, I, th- I just think it was so much. Um, it, it does. It only has like a short time here, but it, it doesn't. It wouldn't work without the first episode. No. You know, you need that to enhance this one, but I think it's really nicely done with these small touches of doing Barry being extra creepy and extra crazy. Mm. Okay. Um, right, so so it's not a UFO, as it turns out. It is a helicopter. Uh, and uh, they, they've picked Mulder and Dwayne Barry up, and we're now at some... Well, I, I presume in, in the ranch part of uh, Skyland yeah. Mountain... Because uh, there's there's some nice uh, lighting going on, I must say. Uh, I, I don't know if you noticed that, but they have all these kind of tea lights, fairy lights, whatever, and it it, it did look mm-hmm. quite nicely lit. But uh, yeah, Mulder's questioning Dwayne Barry uh, before losing his cool. So yeah, he really wants to know where Scully is. Uh, Dwayne isn't making well. He is making sense. If if this was a rational Mulder, if this was your usual Mulder. Well, this is a Mulder that is, is he, he's got one thing on his mind, and that is the return of Scully. He wants Scully back. He's not liking what Dwayne is saying, so he loses it. He loses his cool, and he mm-hmm. he grabs Dwayne around the neck and starts to squeeze. Uh, and uh, he, he stops just before he chokes him, but, yeah, Dwayne Barry's kind of spluttering and coughing. And just before Mulder leaves, Dwayne does say that he's sorry, and, and you genuinely believe it, I think. Yeah, you've got a, a nice, I'd say, um, change of pace for both characters here. You've got Dwayne Barry, who looks as if a weight has genuinely been lifted off of him. He, looks, he just looks less manic, he looks more relaxed. Um, and then you've got Mulder, who looks as if somebody's put a huge weight on top of him. And he's kind of not, not even leaning towards the aliens. He's just like, did you kill Scully? Have you killed her and hidden her mm, somewhere? Yeah. You know, he, 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 normally his first jump would be aliens. Yeah. And now he's just like, you know, is she alive? Mm-hmm. Um, and he loses it, which is unlike Mulder again. Loses his cool, starts to attack Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's another really interesting scene. I, I kind of like this change in pace for the characters. They're not going through the usual motions. Yeah, and and I think a lot of that as well is down. Well, it's down to two things, I think, and that's one the the stuff that Scully kind of brought up in the previous episode about his psychosis. Um, although, to be honest, I think that the finding of the implant would have kind of superseded that. But also the fact that Mulder did see the helicopter. And the and the thing mm. that Barry says was a UFO did look remarkably like the, UF, the, the helicopter that turned up just moments later. So, yeah, I, I think Mulder is definitely having doubts here. And because he doesn't have Scully, he... he 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 always when when he's without Scully he does always seem to descend into this world of doubt, doesn't he? You know he, he doubts himself incredibly. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, there you go. Um, so M- Mulder comes out, and uh, this, this is just after after Dwayne Barry has apologised, and he hopes that they're not hurting Scully too much with the tests. Um, and Krychek is in the corridor. 
apparently alone because um, yeah just just in the scene just just a, a moment ago we, we saw these government men kind of just all mm-hmm. stood there looking at Dwayne through the window <laughs> it, it just it seemed really yeah like Weird. Yeah, way, way to keep it secret, guys. You know, uh, three. If it was just one, it was just like one odd government suit. I, I could kind of understand it, but there's three of these dudes all peering through the window, and it's like you know, if, if you're if you're trying to keep yourself secret, you're not doing a particularly good job of it. Uh, so yeah, they. It's just silly thing like that. Just you know, if it had been one guy, mm. I think would have fixed that problem. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Krychek, it, it, it seems is alone. Um, so mm. you know, it was was Dwayne just seeing things, or, or were they really there? And Mulder goes over to the window and just looks out, starts daydreaming, and we start to see what could be either a flashback or, or a, a you know a a, a a representation of what is actually happening right now in the present to Scully, I should say, um, mm-hmm. or what Mulder is imagining is happening to Scully. Um, I don't know which oh, side of the fence, fence you sit on with that, but... Yeah, I, I take it as literal. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I take it as literal, and particularly, you know, now that I've seen the whole series, but... I just think the way it's shot, because Mulder's kind of off daydreaming and, and he looks into this bright light and the camera kind of slowly zooms into the bright light and then it flashes into this sequence. So it it almost suggests that this could be real or it could be what Mulder is imagining. This is his worst fear right now. Um, yeah. So well, I, I took it as literal. I, mm. I, I thought it was terrific, yeah design on the fake pregnant belly as well that was really well done yeah yeah, that is the best fake pregnant belly I've ever seen in my life yeah Um, that's mm -hmm. true method acting that that is that is pure method acting that isn't it but again those spaceship scenes are freaky as hell Mm. yeah really kind of I'd say horrific imagery And, and in this one you don't know whether it's aliens or the government, because like mm-hmm. with Dwayne Barry, we saw aliens. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. no two ways about it. Whereas here, we don't get that. We're not we're not told who's got her. So we know she's been abducted. We know she's been abducted in a ship. And when we look at previous episodes such as Deep Throat, in which we saw that the military have that capability, they have those ships. Mm-hmm then that feeds into the idea that actually we don't know who's who's got Scully. And and, and given what Cancer Man said a few episodes back, in all likelihood, it is the military that have her and not aliens. So, yeah, yeah we, we, we don't know. Um, so, yeah, but Scully's being tested on. And after that, Mulder finds Krychek, after, you know, after he kind of wakes from his daydream, questioning Dwayne Barry despite the fact yeah. that Mulder told him not to go in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, he chews him out for going in there, and uh, just as he's kind of chewing Krychek out, Skinner shows up, and just after Skinner shows up, Dwayne Barry dies. He chokes and he dies. He stops breathing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, was it Mulder with his, uh, with his tight grip around Dwayne Barry's throat, or was it Rat Boy... Krychek. 
Um, I think we all know the answer to that one. Uh, yes, I think we definitely know the answer to that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, M- Mulder goes to speak to the coroner to find out how Dwayne Barry died. She says asphyxiation, which obviously points to Mulder. Uh, and uh, when Mulder asks for the toxicology report, she tells him in the most wooden way that he'll have to go through the correct military channels once again pointing to a military cover-up and just who might actually have scully um yeah what what do you think about this scene i think you really get a a sense here of Mulder's complete distrust of crycheck now Mm. because he knows he's the only person that talked to doing barry after him he's died he wants toxicology without saying it which most other shows would do he's pretty much going yeah he poisoned him yeah and and I think um, the stuff on the cable car as well probably yeah. had a. I think when that was happening, I think he was up there thinking, "What the hell is going on right now?" I think if um, I'm right, I can't remember when, but they mentioned at some point that the guy that operated the cable car was dead. Well, they, they mentioned he was missing. Missing. Right. Yeah. They. Um, yeah, he was missing. Um, and nobody's curious about where he's going to. Or... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. What did you think about the actress playing the coroner? Yeah, I thought she's the, the complete opposite of Scully. She was cold. She was. Um, it's almost as if she was reading her lines off an auto cue. Mm. She just like she. She reminded me of the. Do you remember in Jersey Devil we had the county sheriff guy? Oh yeah. He, he literally just he turned up, read his lines, and went home. Yeah. <laughs> She feels just like that, and and there's a mm. moment when she just before just when she walks out, she kind of puts her her tray on onto the body, looks up and walks out, and it's almost like she she knows where her cues are, and she hits them. She's yeah, done her it's, job. It's, 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 time it's, it's, to go. Yeah, high school, high school acting. You know, yeah, yeah. They walk on. The, <sighs> you have to go through proper military channels. <sighs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, like at first, I thought she was just going to be one of them characters that's just being a bit douchey with Mulder for the sake of being mm. douchey. But then I realised, no, she she's not douchey. She she's just it's it's the actress. She's just like yeah. you know that's not written. That's just the way she's yeah monotone. She doesn't return, does she, Brian? I I don't know. I get a feeling I've seen this actress again at some point, but certainly not as this character. Um, she's in the Vancouver. Stable pool of of talent, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, it's um, a shallow pool. It's a yeah, it's a shallow pool. No, in all fairness, there are quite a lot of people who do make comebacks that that are pretty good, actually. Uh, mm. Vancouver does have a pretty decent talent pool. It's just that everyone once in a while we get well someone like this. Uh, but anyway, um, Krychek goes to see. Cancer man, uh, and mm. asks him why not just kill Mulder, um, which I'm sure is a question that many viewers have probably thought to themselves at one point. Yeah. And Cancer Man's answer at this point, at any rate, is if you kill Mulder, you risk turning one man's religion into a crusade. Um, mm. And I think that line of dialogue is very much helped if you've seen an episode like Fallen Angel from the first season, um, mm. if you remember that episode, you had Max Fennig 
and uh, he, Mulder was a superstar to this guy. Yeah. You know, you've got all these UFO watchdog groups. They know who Mulder is, and to to them, he is essentially their champion. So, when you when you have this line by Cancerman, it's because of an episode like that that it holds some weight. I think. Um, but uh, but yeah, but not only that, but also I think Skinner, because I, I think Cancer Man probably senses Skinner do, is is not really on his wavelength, doesn't really like yeah. him, and in many respects is in Mulder's corner. Um, mm. So yeah, again, you know, you, you kill Mulder, there's going to be an investigation. Somebody's going to Skinner in particular is going to want that investigating. So it's best just to yeah. Throw him off the trail, shut him up, but don't kill the guy. Um, yeah. So he, he tells Krychek that Krychek is simply to follow orders. So basically, all but says, look, you're my lapdog, so <laughs> shut up and bark. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, un until the mission is complete, um, because he's earned Mulder's trust. Uh, that's... Mm. Yeah, That's he's, what they think. so they think. But yeah, give, given everything that's happened during this episode, that trust is completely out the window. Um, yeah. And there's a thing mentioned at the end of this conversation as well, where they say that, or he says that Scully has been taken care of. Mm. And they, and they do hint to that earlier on in the previous episode that Scully could be taken care of. So again, yeah. hints towards like again, who has her? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Mulder is in another debrief uh, with with Skinner, and he accuses outright Krychek of killing Dwayne Barry. Um, mm. But Krychek's testimony, apparently, uh, because th obviously this being after the conversation he's just had with uh, with Cancerman, Krychek mm -hmm. has confirmed Mulder's side of the story. So, yeah, he's 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 almost going to bat for Mulder. Uh, still mm. trying, still trying to keep in Mulder's good books uh, there, but yeah, um, he does this by saying that D Dwayne Barry was alive when Mulder came, when Krychek came into the room. Uh, now Mulder tells them that Dwayne Barry was most likely poisoned, but that the military are covering it up because they know where Scully is. Um, at which point, people basically say that he's he's paranoid. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Skinner gives Cancer Man a really dirty look. And I don't know if you caught that, but uh, there's a... Uh, after that line in which Mulder says that the military are covering it up because they know where Scully is, Skinner mm -hmm. looks over to Cancer Man. And, and, and you could almost... I, I guess you could almost read it. If you were still of the mind that Skinner is bent, you could almost read it as frustration on Skinner's part to Cancer Man that, damn, this guy just won't let it rest, will he? But I think knowing Skinner as, as we do and, and trusting that he's actually a good guy, he, um, yeah, he looks at Cancer Man and he gives him a dirty look. Like... like Almost like he's saying, "Have you got Scully? You, you asshole! Have you got Scully?" Like you know, it's 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 almost like it didn't occur to him until yeah. Mulder said it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. And uh, any any thoughts 
on that scene? No, no, I pretty much agree with you in that scene. Mm. I've got nothing more to really add on that one, but I think you're 100% right. Uh, okay, uh, well, Mulder asks Krychek uh, if he can borrow his car. Surprisingly, yeah. really. I'm, I'm surprised that he that he even talks to him at this point. But again, it's that whole thing that I think because Krychek's backed him up, Mulder's just... Again, also you've got to consider Mulder's going without sleep. He's not slept in days. He's completely just... He's on autopilot. He thinks that Krychek is against him. And, and then, like, he well, sees Krychek well, backing I him up. So. I think it's a, a case of um, keep your friends close and your, your enemies even closer. And then it, it could mm. be a case of um, he wants to get in his car to see if there's anything in there that would give him away. Yeah, mm. I, I mean, I'm not too sure about that, to be honest, because we, we do... I think if that was the case, then he would search the car the moment he gets in there. Um, mm. But when you know we have a scene a little later on when he finds Cancerman's cigarette butts, and it's almost purely by chance that he finds them because he noticed the cigarette case thing uh, just slightly open. So mm. I, I don't think it's even that. I think it's just, I think it's just ease to be honest Krychek's there look pass me your keys I, I need to go so yeah so he goes texts the car um, and when he texts the car Krychek we get we get kind of this final moment with him where he does this shifty look and it's kind of from that moment you sense that that's it he ain't hanging about and, and presumably as well because he knows that cancer man's cigarette butts are in there he, he's mm. so that's it one final look and then he's gone um but, uh, yeah, so Mulder goes to see Senator Matheson. So this is the guy yeah. from the first episode of mm-hmm. season two, Little Green Men. This is the guy we thought would be the new Deep Throat, but isn't. Um, <laughs> the guy who is the new Deep Throat, X, shows up mm-hmm. and basically tells Mulder that this guy, this Senator Matheson, don't bother because he is not going to help you out here. We've got stuff on him. And we've told him, look, he is not to go near you with a barge pole. Uh, what do What do you think of this scene? <laughs> I, I think it's just one of these scenes again where where you have um, this mystical figure, this mysterious guy who seems intent on offering more questions than he will answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike Deep Throat, who was a little bit playful with it, this guy just comes right out and makes it feel as if he doesn't want to deal with Mulder. Mm. Like it's a pain. It's a complete pain in the arse having to deal with this guy, and there's no niceties about it. See, I you know, I, like, I feel like it's fear. I feel like this guy is scared. I get the sense that Deep Throat was much higher up than this guy, and I think to some extent that's why Deep Throat was able to be playful, as you put it. And I feel like this guy is maybe a couple of rungs under the ladder to what Deep Throat was, and as mm. a result of that. He has a lot of eyes on him, which means that he's got to be a lot more careful than Deep Throat was. He doesn't know who he can trust. And, he, and he's always in the shadows. Whenever this guy comes out, he's always in the shadows. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like a lot of it is fear talking. I feel like he's kind of on Mulder's side, but yeah. he, he's also, he also values his life. You know, and if it's a choice between Mulder's crusade or his life, he's going to choose his life. Um, mm. But... Uh, but yeah, um, so this this is the scene in which we do get the line, deny everything. He, he says yeah. that they, they have one policy, 
and that is deny everything. Um, <laughs> Lovely policy. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, yeah, th there are no answers, Mr. Mulder. There, are, they only have one policy: deny everything. Um, so after that, Mulder goes back to Krychek's car, which is when he finds cancer man's cigarette butts um, mm. so he goes to Skinner with allegations about Krychek Skinner asks to see Krychek but Krychek has gone missing and Mulder argues that they took Scully because she had hard evidence, the chip that was in uh, Dwayne Barry and to prevent further involvement with Mulder and his work. Skinner as a result of this reopens the X-Files because that's what they fear most apparently mm. uh, I like this scene because you've got Mulder in there lay, laying out this theory that his partner is bad and um, you get a sense that Skinner actually values Mulder's work or, or, or opinion because he actually listens to it mm. he takes pause for a minute and you can actually almost see the man thinking and going like okay what you got, you know, like just give it to me. I'm going to, I'm going to go with you, um, and I think that's nice. You get this sort of build up of, I, I, I'd say, sort of like mutual trust and respect. They're not going to be friends. I don't mm. expect them to be friends or anything like that. But you do have this kind of ability of mutual trust between these two characters, and I like it. Yeah. I like it. I'm, Skinner's really grown over me uh, in mm. the past few episodes. Definitely, yeah. yeah. To the point now where I'm, I like them, and I like the fact that they're not friends as well. Mm. Yeah, it's just that two guys that probably don't like each other, but they have a mutual respect. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I I I do like those scenes between between the two. Um, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, I can't really add to that. Just exactly what you said. Um, and then I did have a fist bump moment where he says, "But but opening the the exiles." See, did you? Because I I, um, <laughs> I really felt. I really felt that in that moment there should have been someone there that Skinner could have a fist bump moment with, but it kind of just went flat because he he says it like a pure champion, Skinner. He, he kind of... They do this thing where he walks to the camera, you know, the, the, the camera's fixed in position, and he walks into it. Like, it's, it's like... It's meant to be this really cheer moment, and he goes, I'm reopening the X-Files. That's what they fear the most. And then Mulder oh, yeah. just turns and walks away. He doesn't go, oh, thanks, or, or just, you know, little mini fist bump, or a, no a nod, you know, like a little knowing nod, like a, like a thank you kind of thing, and walk out. He just blankly stares at him, turns around and walks away. And then Skinner's just kind of left there, stood by himself, and you're kind of feeling like, oh, but this, this guy just like, you know, Pulled one out from Alder there, and he's just no one's there to give him a little fist bump. Um, but yeah, uh, to, I, 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 I found there. that quite I was the other side of the monitor, Brian, with my fist out. <laughs> I was like, You the man skins, <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, so Mulder goes to see Mrs. Scully, um, Scully's mum, and yep. she had the dream again. And there's a nice little line from Mulder in which he says that. It's probably scarier when you stop having the dream. Yeah, that's uh, quite nice. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that moment. I, I do like this scene, actually, between the two of them. And uh, mm -hmm. Mulder questions her about why... Because he, obviously he sees Scully as a sceptic. 
And he questions her about why a sceptic would carry a cross. Um, and uh, Scully gives... Uh, uh, Mrs Scully, I should say, just, just says that she got it for her 15th birthday. Uh, uh, she got it for Scully on her 15th birthday. And uh, she tells him to give it to her when he finds her. Now, I'm pretty sure that later... Don't quote me on this, it's been a long time since I've seen... But I'm pretty sure later in the series we are going to get a flashback to a Christmas in which Scully, a very young Scully, and her sister are both given a cross as a Christmas present. So, right. I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this story by, by Mrs Scully is contradicted at a later date. But hey-ho... We, we do know her birthday wasn't on Christmas. Well, yes, I'm, I'm pretty sure her birthday wasn't on Christmas. Okay. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing with with Scully about her being a skeptic, she's she's something of a lapsed Catholic. So I, I feel like that would have been a better an answer, maybe. Uh, I mean, this is something that will come up in the future. Scully isn't a non-believer. She does mm. have a faith. You know, she. She has a Christian faith. She she is Catholic, though that faith is somewhat lapsed. I think she's yeah you know, she's she's come away from the church. Obviously, there's not much of that to to give that away at this point in the series, but that will come up. So, I almost feel like maybe they they didn't know they were going to go down the avenue mm -hmm. at this point, but they do. So so yeah. Um, but so yeah. So it's it's it, it's interesting just seeing this scene in retrospect um but yeah um anything else to add on this scene i just like i like the fact that it puts Mulder into the more emotional sort of state you know he's kind of worried he has this little touching moment with her with the, the necklace back and forth mm. um it gives you the idea that you that she knows that Mulder's a big part of scully's life yeah um, yeah, yeah, because uh, they could they more. could have played this differently, couldn't they? They could have played yeah. this in which Scully's mum is very like, "You find my daughter, you get your ass mm -hmm. out of there, and you find my daughter." But they don't. She's really gentle with him. It's like she mm -hmm. recognizes just how much Scully means to him, um, mm -hmm. and and it is a nice exchange, I think, and it's a nice way. It's 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 a different way to play it, I think, than what yeah. they could have done. And, which I think yeah. mo maybe most TV series would have got. And it works. Yeah, definitely, definitely works. Um, and then they find out, finish it all off, we have Mulder at the top of the mountain top looking at the skies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's back to, X-Files is open, it's aliens. Yep. Um, there you go. And it, yeah, done. Done. So, uh, I, like, so I like this yeah. episode, Brian. Uh, okay. Yep. I, I liked it a lot. Um, I like the fact that doing Barry uh, is a little bit more contained in it, but the moments we do have with him, he, he's he's very effective. I like the idea of, of Mulder being driven. I like the fact that Crycheck, that kind of storyline, almost comes to a head. Uh, the X-Files gets reopened, as we said. It's a major fist-pump moment. <laughs> um, I feel as if I've, I've finalised my thoughts on Skinner. I do like him. Mm -hmm. um, he's a nice addition to the cast and I'm welcome to see more of him and then we have X into the mix as well all mm -hmm. together it is a jam 
packed episode. There is a lot <coughs> in this one, and I like it. Okay. Now, I can't think of anything that I really dislike um, much. But, again, it's not a five for me. But I did like it more than Dwayne Barry. Right. So I gave it four and a half out of five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, I I think, structurally, I, I, I don't feel this is as strong as Dwayne Barry. I, I, I liked that self-contained element of Dwayne Barry. The fact that most of it takes place in one, in one room... Um, and I just I liked the tension that was in there, you know. Who is this guy? Um, this it kind of kind of feels like it's a bit all over the place. It's a bit choppy for me. It's like we're we're, we're here, then we're there, then we're there, then we're there, and it's just yeah. I, I it's one of those episodes where if you take individual scenes on their own, you look at it and you think that's a that's a really strong scene. I like that, but then. It, it, when you put it within the whole context of the episode, it, it, it kind of feels choppy to me. But um, I do like it. I think it is a good episode. Um, there's, a, there's a few niggles throughout that kind of bother me, like the whole thing with with uh, Mulder on the cable car. It, it, it does feel like Krychek is making some bizarre choices there, but also that... It, it feels like we have that scene almost to plod the episode out a bit, to to stop Mulder from getting up there too quick. Um, and, and I guess they're, you know, they're trying to build tension, but... Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, and then there's, there's, there's the the little thing with the, the three guys kind of stood outside the window looking really creepy <laughs> and suspect beyond belief. I mean, all it would have taken is for Mulder to turn. You know, if you turn his head... Just in that brief moment, they were risking an awful lot by standing at that window. Um, so it's stupid things like that that, that kind of annoy me. Um, but on the whole, you know, it, it is still a good episode. It's a strong episode, but it's a little bit of a come down for me after after Dwayne Barry. Um, I, I was torn between a 4 or a 3.5 for this one. Um I, I think talking it through with you has has helped me a bit to, to like it that little bit more. So I think I'm I'm, I'm going to go with a four. I think I'll go with a four for this one. Yeah, I'd say over overall it's a better two parter than squeezing tombs. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I feel yeah. it's just more consistent. Although you know, squeeze was an excellent episode. Mm-hmm. But this one just seems more. Even across the board. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it helps that this was written as a two-parter and, and not yeah. as a, a single episode that eventually had a sequel. You know, this mm. this is a complete story. You could you could have Squeeze and never have Tombs, and you'd be fine. You you can't really have Dwayne Barry and not have this episode in that respect. So yeah, it, it de- definitely works better as a as a as a movie, so to speak. Okay, all right, Brian, tell me a little bit. About three. Okay. Three is an episode which I, I don't think I'd be too far off the mark in saying that amongst the majority of X-Files fans is universally hated. Um, I... <laughs> basically... <laughs> oh, I mean, don't sugarcoat it. <laughs> oh, man. 
based on my memories, I look. I think that you are going... To, my prediction is that you are going to sit on the side of the fence that most X-Files fans sit on, which is that you're going to hate it. And I think we're going to have a very similar discussion to what we had when we reviewed the episode Fire. Um, I, I, I... Yeah, I, I think... The thing is, I don't think it's a very good X-Files episode, but I do think it's a rather good mini-vampire movie. And that's about as, as, as best as I can say it before we get into it next time. Mm -hmm. Excellent. OK, so that's next up on the docket. So remember and join us next time on X-Files Revisited. And if you don't mind, pop along to iTunes and hit us a little review... Uh, Hit the five stars and you may win a mystery, a mystery prize, which is thanks from me and Brian. <laughs> we really appreciate that. So thanks for listening and we'll get you next time on Next Files Revisited. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you next time on this. <laughs> That's a promise. You've been listening to the X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one. Mm -hmm.